Welcome to Crazy Simple. I'm your co-host, Dr. Christopher Taylor. And I am Lori Van. And we're two therapists in Texas. Life is complicated. We're here to try to make it a bit more simple because sometimes the solution to our problems is crazy simple. So relax, have a laugh, and enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Crazy Simple. I am your host, Dr. Christopher Taylor. And I am Lori Van. Nope, I got that wrong. Uh, I, I am a co-host here. Uh, I went on autopilot there for a minute, didn't I, Lori? Um, oops. It happens. So, uh, does that mean I'm a narcissist, do you think? Because I just kind of like took over the podcast that we do together? Well, there might be someone that you can talk to about that. Probably should. Good thing is that only 5% of the population is really suffering from narcissistic personality disorder. But So I don't think I'll make the cut. But um, I am a co-host on Crazy Simple. So welcome to the show. What's new, Lori? You know what? There's always stuff going on. We're getting ready to move our practice, doubling in size and expanding the services that we provide. So uh, Van Wellness Group is going to start up in Coppella November, but lots of news stories going on in the mental health world. Yeah, we do. We have some, uh, a new uh, study just came out uh, from Axios, uh, which you can find online, axios.com, A-X-I-O-S.com, about the uh, uneven toll the U.S. mental health crisis is having on our population. Uh, the big the big takeaway from this, one, is that um, I'm happy to see that more media outlets are starting to look at the mental health crisis and they're starting to recognize it as a crisis because we are, in fact, not heading into one. We are in one, and I, I don't mean to be doom and gloom, uh, but we just don't have enough therapists. We just don't have enough. Well, especially in more rural populations because, I mean, we're in Dallas-Fort Worth and in the main cities there's, there is an abundance of a lot of different types of counselors. Now, and we'll, you know, get a little into that article of those that are non-English counselors. That's where there seems to be a paucity. But when you go into rural, it's like, I mean, it, it's really hard. It's really difficult to find counselors that want to go out to the country in some of those smaller populations. Everyone wants to hang their shingle in a mm-hmm. major city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is a big challenge for rural areas like Texas and California um, and Alaska, because I, I guess that that's all of Alaska is rural. I don't mm, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you're from Alaska and that offends you, please email me and um, explain to me how Alaska works, because I find it fascinating. Uh, But um, one of the big things the study pointed out is the opioid crisis has now transitioned to the fentanyl and polysubstance use crisis, uh, really driven by fentanyl. And because of the drive and affordability of fentanyl, uh, this has really exasperated this crisis amongst the lower economic, uh, lower economic, uh, socioeconomic uh, uh, status individuals. So we're seeing a larger increase of overdose-related deaths uh, in that population, which is very unfortunate. Yes, and some of it is, it always goes to the accessibility part. And when you can manufacture drugs or get access to them, especially something as incredibly potent as 
uh, as fentanyl that it takes so very, very little to get the high from it. And unfortunately, very, very little can actually end up killing someone. And it's just the, the drug industry is a business and people have to really understand that you know, the cheaper something is, the more accessible it is, and the more people that you have that are going to try to use it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the big part that came out of this article uh, that, that really is something I've been kind of watching for a while is this disturbing fact that one in five adolescents had major depressive disorder, but less than half who needed treatment received any treatment whatsoever. And what they noticed is that amongst teenagers of color, particularly Latinos, had the absolute lowest treatment rates whatsoever, which, which is shocking um, when you look at the, the, the issue as far as the fact that our Latino population is growing constantly in the United States, but the mental health offering for uh, uh, Spanish-speaking mental health professionals is, in fact, shrinking. Well, it's, I mean, what I've noticed in my own practice, when I think about the percentage of those from a Latino background that go for LPC supervision, because I'm a supervisor, or rather, you know, their associates looking for supervision, and, I mean, percentage, it's, it's absolutely in the minority. It's um, it's wonderful when I have counselors from different backgrounds that want to seek supervision. Uh, I mean, I currently have an associate that is bilingual, but it's it's definitely the minority situation. I go in networking groups, and, and yeah, it's definitely in the minority, and it's, it's very unfortunate. Um, and I know it can go into tons of stats about that. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that, that's the crazy news in mental health. Uh, what would... What do you think would make it crazy simple? What would be a simple solution to all this? I think you first have to start with the destigmatization of mental health because, I mean, it is a known situation that in certain communities, mental health is very taboo. It's very stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And so you always have to get in on the educational part. It's even think of who tends to go for counseling. I mean, looking demographically, you know, the majority of those that come to counseling are going to be on the Caucasian side. When I have those that, especially on the Latino history, that is a smaller percentage of my caseload, that oftentimes it's brought up of like, well, other relatives don't know about this. We sort of like keep in the family. There's sort of this, this shame or embarrassment factor that goes along with it. So I think that's our first target. I agree, and I, I think really the, the crazy simple solution is we just need more. We need more therapists. Uh, we definitely need more therapists of color. We definitely need more therapists uh, um, willing to work in you know, more difficult populations. Um, we need more grants. We need more scholarships, uh, and we just need to encourage more people to become mental health professionals. Uh, so if you don't know what to do with your life, I have a school I could recommend. <laughs> <laughs> great degree, great degree, a great career field in mental health. Uh, so that is the news. So what's our topic for today, Lori? Well, 
it it might you know it step on some toes there but the question is is well how do you know if you're crazy am i crazy or am that's I my crazy? question yeah well i mean i'm i'm hoping not given that you are a counselor i mean that would be not good but it would make a lot of sense <laughs> it would track pretty well i mean there are cases of counselors that probably really shouldn't be in the field that may mm-hmm. qualify mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in that a, category. That's a whole other podcast <laughs> which I'm not getting into. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, am I crazy, Lori? Let's figure it out. Well, I guess first you have to set up the criteria for it. Okay. So where do you want to start on, on doing the 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 simple sidewalk psychology of defining crazy. Yeah, so we have somebody listening to our, our show right now, and they maybe are struggling. Like, man, am I like, do I have problems? Am I crazy? Like, what do we? How do we help them navigate that? Well, whenever someone has a question, it's always good to just do the research, reach out to someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no harm in calling up, even as something as simple as just. A, a phone line. There's so many different mental health phone lines out there and just say, hey, these are some of the thoughts I'm having. These are some of my experiences. Do you have a recommendation? Really non-threatening, really easy, a lot of times totally anonymous. And so that can be mm-hmm. a starting point. Yeah, that's a great starting point. Was there ever a time in your life where you felt like you were crazy? There have definitely been times where I felt pushed to the limit with Mm -hmm. everything going on. And it's like, I sense this is a burnout point. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm feeling it and was counting the days until I knew I was going to get a break. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember very specifically this moment in college where I was like, man, I think I have, like, a problem. Like, like I, I am not, like, functioning properly. Like, my thought processes are not they should be I'm like overly obsessive about this thing or I'm thinking too hard about something or I take things way too personally all this stuff anyways I I find out years later after working through all this that I actually have a genetic development it's called sensory processing sensitivity which makes me a highly sensitive person which is like uh you know which totally explains a lot of the stuff about how my brain works um and you know why I react the way I do to certain things I find out that I'm not crazy so I'm like, that was good. That's nice. But I, I have a, a propensity to to have to over-categorize things or, you know, it's what we refer to as depth of processing, um, all kinds of stuff. So it was really enlightening for me to discover that and then also to work with a therapist kind of through some of that uh, to realize that I, got, I wasn't crazy. I just look at the world a little differently. Yeah, and it's, I think we have to be really careful with TikTok diagnosing Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of misinformation out there on social media. And a diagnosis isn't something that should be a hashtag or an excuse or something that's catchy and trendy. That those that do struggle with different diagnoses, whether that's a heart condition or diabetes or major depressive disorder, it, it's not funny to them. It's not a hashtag for them. And so that'd be one thing is that to really, you know, have some sensitivity to it. And so if you do feel like you're struggling with someone 
or something, um, then do reach out and do some research. Talk with actual professional, not TikTok, to find out is there something going on. And if there's someone in your life that is doing that, well, that that gets to be next week's conversation. Yes. Uh, so this one is, so am I crazy or how do I know if I'm crazy? And next, next week will be, uh, what are we calling it? How, how do I know if my friend or spouse is crazy? Yes. That'll be fun. We'll get some comments on that for sure. So I think uh, uh, closing thoughts really is if you know somebody or if you are you know, feeling a lot of anxiety or sadness, that's okay. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Uh, it just might mean that you're going through a lot right now and you're not you know, managing your emotions in the best way. And that's okay. We all struggle. Uh, we're not really here to solve the struggle. We're just here to learn how to struggle well. That's about it. So if you are concerned or you have thoughts about, you know, uh, uh, am I crazy? Uh, you're probably not. You're probably just going through a tough time. And I think if you just reach out to a professional, um, you know, if that feels right for you, or just a friend or a religious leader or, uh, you know, anybody uh, that you feel comfortable with and just have an open open and honest conversation with them, you know, see where you're struggling. And if you need some help, get some help. Yeah, because life is too short to struggle. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that complex, right? It can mm-hmm. really just be crazy simple. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I am your co-host, Dr. Christopher Taylor. And I am Lori Van. Uh, And we'll see you next week on Crazy Simple.